You are listening to the Supernatural Life Podcast with your host, Chris Kildosher. Friends, welcome to part two of Supernatural Stories on the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chris Kildosher. Jesus is the star of the show. He's the star of the story. He's the star of our lives. He is the one that we want to talk about. I don't know if you guys realize this, but the entire record of scripture is both testimony and prophecy. Testimony, things that God's done. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So these testimonies that I've been sharing on this specific broadcast are literally prophesying over you the calling to the nations and releasing over you grace to go with God. There is such an impartation on these broadcasts of the presence of God because it's his works. I was privileged to be a witness and I'm privileged to be a witness still. To be a witness, we nearly need be filled with the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead. The same spirit that was with Christ is here in the earth today. But many a Christian have not experienced that infilling. Many a Christian, many of those that believe in Jesus are like the thief on the cross. They know that he's the savior, that they know that he is Messiah. They know that he's the son of God, but we're still hanging there in the problems and dysfunctions of this life. We're going to heaven, praise God, but we're not living the victorious life because the Spirit's power has not been allowed to be free in our life. The baptism of the Spirit, John G. Lake said these words, is the greatest event in human history. Interesting to think about. Why is that? He explained why. John G. Lake was a missionary around uh, the turn of the century, 1900s. He saw a million people come to Christ in South Africa over five years. Thousands of pastors raised up. Outstanding miracles. He came back and did a healing ministry in Spokane, Washington. They declared the government, U.S. government declared Spokane, Washington, the healthiest city in America. Well over 100,000 medically documented miracles in that city. Uh, around the, I believe it was the 1920s after he was in South Africa. John G. Lake saying the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the greatest event in human history. Why? Because Jesus had to go through the cross, first be manifest in the flesh, preaching, doing miracles, healing, going through the cross to liberate us from our sins, descending downward, kicking that devil in the forehead, taking the keys of hell and death, resurrecting from the dead on the third day, appearing to his disciples, appearing to well over 500, it says in one of Paul's letters, appearing to Paul, resurrecting from the dead and ascending into heaven so that he could send to us the gift of our Father, Holy Spirit, that the church could be filled with the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised him from the dead. Jesus had to go through all that in order for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. So the only requirement to go, man, I feel the anointing of God. The only requirement to go is him. Back when I was in Bible school, after some of the stories I shared with you on the first broadcast, I was living in Northern California and Redding, California. I was there at Bethel Church. I was serving in the healing ministry there, the healing rooms under some great leaders, Joaquin Evans and Chris Gore, Chuck Perry. I had a dream. In the dream, a well-known healing minister laid hands upon me and prophesied over me about the nation of Australia. Chris, what's prophecy? Prophecy is God speaking about us to purpose us in his future plans for us. He prophesied over me about Australia. 
He said these words. He said, God is giving you Australia. No, God isn't just giving Chris Australia. He's given his children Australia. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. I quoted on the first teaching here, the first podcast, Supernatural Stories. He prophesied. He said, God is giving you Australia. I felt the power of God strongly upon me in the dream and I woke up still feeling the Holy Spirit's power upon me. Within a few months, one of that leader's disciples, the one from the dream, was in Reading along with the leader in the dream. I went up to him. I just knew I needed to ask him to pray for me. He prayed for me and he began to prophesy over me about Australia as well. Within a few more months, one of my mentors, Chris Gore, who was the associate director of the healing rooms at the time, got invited to preach a healing school, literally equipping believers to pray for the sick, something that is our calling in Christ is to heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, raise the dead. It's part of being obedient to Christ is praying for healing for people. Doing a conference equipping the saints in the healing ministry of Christ, he was invited to minister with the very same minister from my dream. I knew I needed to go. I went to Chris and I said, Chris, can I come with you? Can I carry your bags? This is a key, friends. If we want to go where God's called us to go, we have to go low where God's called us to go. We have to position ourselves as servants to those that are already walking in the things that God's called us to do. I asked Chris, can I carry your bags? He says, you can do more than carry my bags. I'll set you up with a place to stay. You'll come. Maybe we'll even find you a place to preach while we're there. So I said, yes, I'll go. Interesting enough, did I have the money to go? I'm shaking my head. You can't see me right now shaking my head. I'm shaking my head left to right. No, I did not have the money to go. If you're in India, shaking your head left to right doesn't mean no. It means yes. So I'm, I, I'm telling you, I did not have the money to go. But I said, yes, I confirmed the trip. A week before the trip, a friend inquired about the trip for me and ended up sewing into my life hundreds of dollars towards the trip. I was finally able to buy the ticket. And a week out before the trip, the trip was under $1,000. Friends, you know if you travel internationally, that is a miracle. That is a miracle of God that I was able to travel all the way to Australia. Uh, I think it's about a 14-hour flight. I can't remember. I may have had a layover in New Zealand on the way there. If I remember correctly... The trip was actually $888 exactly. Signs that make you wonder. Signs that point to something wonders make you wonder. God's hand was in this. I got invited to preach in a church before I even bought my ticket uh, about an hour from the church that my mentor was preaching in. I have been back to Australia six times after that trip, that first trip even co-leading a group of 30 Bible school students for three weeks, taking them all over the nation. Gotten to take people with me to Australia. I've gotten to preach by the grace of God all over that great nation. It started with a dream. Father, I pray for dreams and visions to come upon people. Tonight, 
there's some of you listening. There, there are people that are listening that you're going to have specific dreams about nations tonight simply because you heard this message, not because Chris is here, because God's with us. Wherever two or more gather in his name, there he is with us. You're feeling the power of God on you. He's going to touch you tonight. He's going to visit you tonight in a dream. There are people that God's going to call you to the Pacific, to Africa, to Asia, to South America, to North America, to another state. He's going to speak to you specifically. I just feel to stop for a minute um, from kind of the talk. There's someone and God's going to actually specifically call you to New York. God's going to create bridges for you to go. He's going to speak to you in a dream tonight. There's someone else. God's going to call you also to Australia. You've been waiting and God's been speaking to you for about the past three or four years about Australia. This is confirmation for you. You're called to go. God's called you to go. When will you answer the call? Father, I bless everyone that's listening right now with a specific calling. Friend, I said it earlier on the last podcast, the need does not necessitate or the need does not indicate the call. The voice of God, I feel his presence, indicates the call. The voice of God. God spoke to me through that dream. He confirmed it through prophetic words. He confirmed it through a mentor of mine that was going that was connected to the person that spoke to me in the dream. I've been back there many times since. God is going to do it. God is going to do it for you. I want to share this supernatural story from my last trip to Australia, which was in November of 2018. A year before, I had a dream that a friend of mine was hosting a stadium event in Melbourne, Australia called Awakening Australia. I woke up from the dream. I was impacted from the dream. Months later, this exact same friend who has a ministry called Awakening rented a stadium in the city of Melbourne, Australia to host a large event there. I knew I needed to go. Again, I was invited as an attendee. I wasn't invited as a preacher. I booked my trip. Now, friends, if you travel internationally, you know that hotels and um, flights and all those kinds of things are thousands of dollars. As soon as I said in my heart, I'm going, I told people that I'm going. I had a gift come in from a preaching engagement that was the amount for my flight. I put it straight towards the flight. I had another large gift come in that was enough to cover my hotels for the trip and rental car. God provides for his vision. If you want or need provision, you need to get connected to God's vision. I'm going to say that again. If you want provision, get connected to God's vision. God's vision is always serving other people. God's vision is always saving souls and making disciples of nations. If you get connected to God's vision, he will always show up with radical provision. I could tell you hundreds of stories like this, like the story I shared on the last broadcast of getting on a plane with $35 between my buddy and I for six weeks, traveled all over, traveled in Germany and Israel, came back with more money than we left. God will always provide for us. God wants to take us into abundance. That's a teaching for another day. I went to Australia in November of 2018 I was blessed to actually preach multiple nights before the event to hundreds of people 
that were there for the event, uh, equipping meetings. The glory of God was so strong in these meetings. The Lord visited me as I was coming out of the stadium one day. I believe I was just attending that day. I was just listening to the messages. I was connecting with some of the great leaders of this event. God showing extraordinary favor to us for his purposes. I came out of the stadium and to the glory of God, not because Chris is more holy than anyone else or better than anyone else. As I'm walking out of the stadium, this is a weird story, so bear with me. A sign and a wonder happened. I've said it earlier, signs point to something. They point to someone. They point to the fact that Jesus is with us. Wonders put us in awe. They cause us to wonder. Physical oil began to pour down my forehead from the top of my head. Now, I've read Psalm 23 where it says he anoints my head with oil. Uh, You know, you may think that is a hyperbole, a metaphor. Well, in this situation, it was more than a metaphor. It physically happened. The oil was so thick, I could wipe it onto my hand. Two people are with me, and all three of us are witnesses to this, to the glory of God. We could smell a fragrance like myrrh coming from that oil and in the atmosphere around us. Friends, in my head, I'm thinking these thoughts. You know, when when you're overwhelmed with a supernatural sign, uh, sometimes your humanity kicks in. You start to think, "Oh God, don't don't let me mess this up." That's literally what I thought. Don't let me. Don't think a bad thought, Chris. Don't think a bad thought. Don't mess it up. These are the thoughts I was thinking in my head. It was like a bubble of the a love and adoration of God was around us. We were just worshiping Jesus for His mighty works. I walked down the street with my friends. We turned left down a block by the wharf there in Melbourne, one of the downtown wharfs. It should smell like the sea and like fish. And an entire city block was filled with the fragrance of roses. Jesus is described in scripture as the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Overwhelmed with this fragrance, we realized that God was there. We could feel the presence of God in, in such wonder. I know these things are kind of wild and maybe they're messing with our natural mind. The Bible says the carnal mind cannot even comprehend the things of God. Friend, if you're feeling unbelief or you're feeling these different things, um, you know, I have no reason to lie to you. Put that unbelief on the shelf for a moment. Realize that if Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus could do miracles, he can do all things. The Lord is good and he does as he pleases. He can do anything, friends. All things are possible with him. As we were experiencing this sign and a wonder, we leaned over to a woman there that was walking down the street. We said, do you smell that? She took a deep breath. She said, what is that? Her eyes went wide. My friend goes, that's God. She goes, I'm lucky to be here and began to weep. The spirit of God came upon her. We began to preach the gospel to her. Her family pulled her away before we got to lead her forward in receiving Christ. But we stayed there for the next 10, 15 minutes, feeling this fragrance, experiencing this sign and wonder. Five times I went back to that same city block and five times that supernatural sign was still present. How did I know it was supernatural? Because more than the fragrance, the presence of Almighty God filled that street. It felt like the peak of a worship service on a city block with no one around. Signs do make you wonder. 
Signs and wonders come in many shapes and forms. On the road to Emmaus, the disciples are walking with Jesus, followers. He's resurrected from the dead in John 20 and 21. They're walking with him. He opens up the scriptures to him. He breaks bread with them after they ask him to come into the home. And it says, then their eyes were opened and he disappeared from their midst. That's a supernatural sign. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Friends, the very presence of God is a, ah, I feel him so strong. The very presence of God is, is with us to cause us to wonder is with us pointing to the fact that Jesus is alive, resurrected from the dead. I want to share a story of a trip to Washington, D.C. I've been there many times uh, ministering. I've had the privilege to minister even in uh, to leaders that are working in many aspects of government there, uh, just all kinds of favor. One of the first trips to Washington, D.C. was a mistake trip wasn't a mistake to God. I just didn't know what was going to happen. I was planning to go to the UK with a team to minister. And on this time, I had yet to buy my flight. So like Chris uh, has done before, and uh, maybe we'll do again. I'm open to whatever God has for us. I went to the airplane, uh, the airport without a ticket. So I went to the counter and gave them my name and they didn't have a record of me having a ticket. My friends had to get on the flight. And so I went to the bathroom and began to pray. I'd heard stories of people being translated to other nations. And I said, well, you know what, God, you could totally do this. Now this might sound crazy to you. I don't care if you think I'm crazy. I don't even judge myself. Like Paul, I, I said, I let the Lord judge me. I went into that bathroom hearing stories about other people being translated uh, to other nations. I have multiple people that I look up to that have been translated before. Um, I've been translated before to the glory of God. I don't know that I'll share that right now, but I know these are supernatural stories. Some of you guys are checking out with me because you're like, this is too much. This is too crazy. Well, I have no reason to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not even taking an offering. Maybe I will take an offering just to offend the hell out of people, but I uh, end up going to the bathroom came out of the bathroom, still in Washington, D.C. I go back in, pray again, come out of the bathroom, still in Washington, D.C. I think to myself, okay, I'm going to pray for someone and they have a suitcase and a cane. I'm going to pray for them. They're going to get healed. And they're going to say, God told me to buy someone's flight here at the airport that was going to heal me. I just, just thoughts going through my head. I was making it up. I walk out of the bathroom, no one there, no suitcase, no cane. I go back in one more time and I pray again. And I have a picture in my mind as I gave up. I went and I sat out on a bench. I, I gave up completely. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm st literally stuck in Washington, D.C. I don't know how I'm going to get a flight back to California. I don't know how I'm going to get a flight to my next place. And as I gave up, friends, this is a real key. As I surrendered to God, a picture popped in my head of a couple that I know that live in Washington, D.C., and I saw them walking through the airport in this picture in my heart. I get on Facebook. This is about the year 2010 or 2011. And I get on Facebook. And at the time, you know, people weren't 
had, they didn't have Facebook on their phones. I get on Facebook on my little laptop I had with me and I messaged this couple. I said, Hey guys, I'm in Washington DC for a bit. And I just thought of you guys. Um, are you guys around? It'd be awesome to hang out. They messaged me back and they say, Chris, where are you? I said, I'm in the airport. They said, we were just in the airport 15 minutes ago. The vision that I had, the picture of them walking through the airport. They said, we'll come back and get you right now. We'll take you for a meal. They come back, they get me, they take me for a meal. I share with them. I said, hey, I was on my way here and I was going to get a one-way flight, but the flights were just kind of out of my range right now. They said, well, you could stay with us for a few days if you want. I said, that'd be awesome. They end up taking me for a private tour of uh, special government places that people can't even get into these days. Um, I ended up ministering to people there. That was my first trip there. I've been there multiple times since ministering in churches and to government officials in homes. Uh, one time I'll just end with this story around Washington, D.C., or end the Washington stories with this. I ended up ministering in Washington, D.C., and we're in a house. There's about 50 people in a house. And I saw the spirit of God on a young guy or, no, I should say like young guy, he's middle-aged. If you're middle-aged, you're young too, praise God. I said, hey man, could you stand up? I just feel like God wants to do a miracle through you for this guy over here. There was a guy there that had partial paralysis from a stroke. I had him pray. The man with partial paralysis is weeping. He's able to do things he couldn't do before. I say, anyone in the room, you're feeling the fire of God on, you're feeling waves, you're beginning to weep. People start to cry because they're feeling the power of God on them. I said, go into the dining room and the Lord's gonna touch you guys. People started to fill the dining room and I began to point at people and the power of God started hitting people. People are falling all over the room. They're, they're laughing hysterically. They're speaking in new tongues. A girl gets lifted up and thrown into the window. She screamed as the power of God hit her. I didn't lay hands on her. I just pointed at her. I said, the power of God's on you. The power of God hit her. She got lifted towards the window and these words came out of her. This is kind of funny. She goes, it's real. Friends, many of us don't think Holy Ghost is real. He's real. He's all powerful. You stick your finger in an electric socket, you're going to shake a little bit. Your life gets plugged into the all powerful, almighty spirit of the living God that created all things you're, you're going to shake a little bit. You're going to bake a little bit. You're going to quake a little bit. You're going to be overwhelmed with love because he is the spirit of love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, kindness, faith, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruit of the spirit against such. There is no law, no excess. God wants to fill people with his spirit. He wants to overwhelm people with his spirit. You know, in Acts two, the disciples are filled with the Holy spirit, but in Acts four, it says they were all filled again. Friend, maybe it's been a while since you've been overwhelmed by the spirit's presence. Maybe it's been a week, maybe it's been a month, maybe it's been years. God brought you to this broadcast to experience his love and his power wherever you're at. That first man that I had pray for the paralysis uh, victim, he was a victim of sickness. I didn't know this, but he was a secretary level position in an administration at the time. I didn't know, but I had prophesied over him. I said, you're going to walk in offices that I might not ever get to walk in. You're going to minister to people that I might not ever get to minister to. I didn't know, but he was actually a secretary level position in the administration at the time. God will exalt the lowly and bring them into places of influence that they are not qualified to walk in. My life is literally a story of God taking the foolish things and exalting them to confound the wise by the favor and anointing and power and simple mercy and grace of God. I've been blessed to see 
many a mighty work. I don't boast in myself. I boast in the Lord. I tell you these things because God wants to do with you the same things. I'm going to kind of land this plane with a couple last stories here of a trip to France. My mentor, Chuck Perry, was taking a trip to France and uh, invited me to come with him. I have since been to France many a times, seeing incredible creative miracles, preaching to conferences in France in a nation that is 1% to 2% Christian, speaking in national conferences there, things that are far above my pay grade as a 20-something-year-old at the time or maybe a 30-year-old at the time. I've taken teams of people there, seeing mighty miracles. I want to share one story uh, where we agreed to do a meeting on a Tuesday night in the south of France, and people, hundreds of people present in this meeting, people had driven over 10 hours out of hunger to be at this meeting on Tuesday night. The end of the meeting, we did an altar call, people weeping, giving their lives to Christ. As I'm praying for the sick, all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed with this sense of praying for a baby that would be there. And I said, where's the baby? I called out of my, where's the baby? Where's the baby? There's a baby here that needs a miracle. A woman brings her baby up to me who's bow-legged, born bow-legged, unable to walk. The Lord quickened me to simply hold the baby. I wrapped the baby in my arms. And when I put the baby on the ground, that baby's legs had straightened out by the miraculous power of God. Mom weeping, family weeping, creative miracle in front of all of our eyes. God wants to do miracles through all of us. What are the keys to working miracles with Jesus? Number one, walk with Jesus. Number two, talk with Jesus. Number three, go with Jesus. Number four, flow with Jesus. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you'll begin to give witness to his works. Jesus wants to approve his message with signs that follow. If God could do mighty works through me or through anyone else, he can do them through you. The great T.L. Osborne had the Lord Jesus appear to him in his home. He felt like a failure in ministry. He had never uh, seen mighty works. He had the call. He felt he went. He didn't see anything happen. Came home like a failure, he said. And he said, I need to see the mighty works of Jesus. And Jesus appeared to him. He experienced God's love. He wept for hours, tears streaming down his face in his home. Sometime later, he went to a meeting and saw a mighty minister named William Branham ministering in the power of God on stage. Some people would say he got off this guy, William Branham, in his later years. That's not for me to judge. But when T.L. Osborne saw the man call up a deaf girl and cast the demon of deafness out of her in that deaf girl hearing, he heard a thousand voices over his head saying, you can do it too. T.L. Osborne said, but God, I don't have this gift that this man has. That man was able to discern specific things about people, um, names, dates, birth dates, things like that. God said to him, you have me. Friends, you have him. T.L. Osborne, his wife, went all over the world holding mighty crusades. There are people listening to my voice right now. Your call is similar to him to call to go, whether it's to your neighborhood, whether it's to the nations of the earth, ask of me and I'll give you nations as your inheritance. 
Right now, as I'm recording this broadcast, I'm sitting in Omaha, Nebraska. I was in California preceding a trip here, seeing license plates everywhere I drove, Nebraska license plates. I called a minister here. I said, hey, I feel like God wants me to come to Nebraska. The minister said, I think, Chris, you've been on my heart. I feel like you're supposed to come. I came here to do some meetings on a follow-up trip. That same leader said, Chris, God is doing something. Would you extend your stay here? Three days of meetings turned into three weeks. We were blessed to see many a young adult healed, delivered, and saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. I've been here many times since. Friends, we are living in days where God is going to extend meetings from hours to days. He is going to extend short trips to long trips. He is going to open up doors of opportunity through supernatural visitation. He's going to open up doors of opportunity through miraculous signs and wonders. I want to pray for people just as we kind of round up this broadcast. On that trip to Omaha, I experienced the love of God in a way I'd never experienced him before. It was like Jesus walked into the room and no matter what we did, we couldn't get him to leave. Friends, God's love never fails. God's love is healing. God's love is deliverance. God's love is sending. God's love is filling. Just lift your hands wherever you're at right now. If you want to experience the love of God, if you want him to meet you where you're at, the Bible says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus came for us when we weren't looking for him. But when we see that he came for us, we turn to him. We forsake our old lives and we begin to follow. If you're out there right now and you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, I have a message for you. Jesus died for you on a bloody cross to bring you out of dysfunction. Why are you still in it? Why are you holding on, friend? The Bible says, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Friend, right now, I want you to lay down your life to the one who laid down his life for you. He didn't just die on that cross for other people. He died for you. He didn't just come in the flesh and suffer persecution, be rejected by the very people he made, whipped and broken and bruised, pierced through for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, chastised for our peace, Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes were made whole. He didn't go through that just for other people. He went through it for you. God Almighty put human skin on so that he could allow that skin to be torn from him so that you could be set free. Friend, I want you to say these words with me. I want you to say, I surrender, Jesus. I give you my life. You died for me. Say it out loud. You rose from the dead. You are Lord and you are Savior. I leave my old life. I choose to follow you from this day forward. Friends, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to be baptized. Not next week, but now. You need to find someone that's a believer. Baptism is the cleansing, the cutting off of your old life, the cutting off of the sin-filled life. 
the burial in Christ's death and the resurrection of a new life in him. And you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in new tongues. I want to say this, uh, friend, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with speaking in new tongues, someone would say, well, Chris, you can be filled with the Spirit without speaking in new tongues. I'll give you a bunch of scriptures right now. Acts chapter 8, Philip goes to Samaria. He preaches the word of Christ to them. They become believers in Jesus. They begin to follow Jesus. But it says that the apostles of Jerusalem went down to Samaria to hear what was going on and to impart or literally pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for those Samaritans, because as of yet, they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. So that's interesting, isn't it? They believed in Jesus as the Savior. They believed that he was the one. They were beginning to follow him. They received the word of salvation. They were believers, but they had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 8, I'm quoting these verses to you right now. The next verses say, that the apostles laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit speaking in new tongues and prophesying. And, not or, and. It says they all received. Five times or more, people are filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts and every time it says they all spoke with new tongues. A little further on in the book of Acts, Saul, persecuting the church, the Lord appears to him in a bright light. He surrenders. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Go into the village. It'll be told what you need. After that, the Lord summons a believer named Ananias, whose name means grace of God, grace of Yahweh. Summons him and says, go to a street called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas for one named Saul, for he's there and he's already been told that one named Ananias is going to come to him and lay hands on him. Then he'll receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? He's already a believer in Jesus. He already believes Jesus is the Messiah. He already believes that Jesus is the Savior, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But he has yet to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's had an encounter with Jesus. Saul saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. He saw Jesus. He had a vision of Jesus, but he was not yet filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias lays hands on him and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul told the Corinthian church, I speak with tongues more than you all. He says, sing in the spirit, 1 Corinthians 14. He said, pray in the spirit and sing in the spirit. When you're singing in the spirit and praying in the spirit, you don't need an interpreter because there's believers there. When you're giving it a message in tongues, you need an interpreter. This is a common misunderstanding about the supernatural gift of tongues. The gift is Holy Spirit. The manifestations, 1 Corinthians 12, of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, faith, working of miracles, tongues and interpretation of tongues, prophecy, those manifestations are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you receive the manifestation, a gift to pray in the tongues of men and of angels. It's the perfect gift of the Father. 
that Jesus said we must all receive. Peter said it as well. Repent and be baptized remissions of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples, the Holy Spirit has been with you, but he will be in you. Many a believer experienced the Holy Spirit, but have not yet been filled with him. Friends, I want to pray for the calling and the supernatural signs to come upon people right now. Lift your hands wherever you're at. Father, I pray right now for the baptism of the Spirit. I pray for the evidence that they, like in Romans 8, like Paul said, would pray the Spirit in them, bearing witness that they have been filled, through which they cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit of adoption, intercession flowing from them. Maybe you prayed in tongues before, you're going to pray again right now. Just be released into that spiritual language. Be released into that gift. Be released into that gateway. The devil fights this manifestation so much because he doesn't want, his, he doesn't want the children of God living in victory. You are built up in your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray out loud right now. Begin to pray in that tongue. Supernatural signs like I've shared, filling people's cars. Lord, we pray, Lord, for signs and wonders to come upon people. Signs, supernatural manifestations like we talked about on this broadcast. Father, I bless everyone within the sound of my voice. Be filled with the Spirit afresh. In Jesus' name, amen.